Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. 
What would it take for you to give your child poison? We will talk about that coming up today on the Jesse Kelly Show. It's a Monday. It's going to be awesome. We have somebody who has seen the truth, and it's confusing them a great deal over on MSNBC, Hunter Biden. What's going on? Minneapolis is on fire again, and probably not for the last time this year. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about why Marines, why such a high percentage of Marines are rejecting the COVID vaccine. All that's coming up today on the Jesse Kelly Show. We have Michael Malice coming up in the second hour. You longtime listeners know he joins me every Monday. Always, always has something interesting to say. But first, let's rewind. Let's talk about cults. I've, have you ever been fascinated by one? You know you have. Don't lie. Now, you know, you've never wanted to join, most likely. or I mean, maybe you did join. But I, I'm assuming you didn't want to join. But there's something fascinating about them. They always have some weird name. There's always some weird leader. There's always a very, very, very odd way the world's going to end. I I think it was the Heaven's Gate people. I remember this from my childhood. I think they were out in California. They thought the world was going to end, that that something was behind a comet that that was passing by, and they all killed themselves in their bunks peacefully. It's very, very weird. But here's the thing you and I do. We make this mistake. We think of these people who join cults as being idiots or just really conspiracy theorists or desperate or drug addicts or blah, 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 blah. And they, don't get me wrong, that can be true, certainly. But here's why we do that. We do that when it comes to cults for the same reason we do that with history's monsters. You know I talk about this to you all the time. The most obvious example is Nazis, but you pick anybody, Nazi camp guard, whatever. Pick a monster from history who's done something unspeakable, unspeakable. And you like to think of them as something other than human, a demon. That's a, a, it's, it's a monster, but they're not. They are human beings, Possibly with a twisted upbringing, possibly with a very normal upbringing. Every SS camp guard marching Jews by the thousand into the gas chambers was not somebody who grew up abused, rough home, violent upbringing. Lots of those guys had mom and dad at home, sometimes church on Sunday. You and I like to imagine people around the world in and throughout history that have done terrible things as being something other than human because you and I like to do this, and I really like to do this. Oh, I could never do that. That's not something I could ever do. Well, surely, well, yeah, that that idiot could, but not me. Be careful about that. I will tell you this as somebody who, I won't say I have a huge fascination with cults, but I have 
I, I read everything on them I can when I find like a big one. I don't know why I find it interesting. I just find the human mind interesting and what, what motivates people to be interesting. And on almost all of them, it doesn't start out with Joe Schmo walking in a gas station to get a Slurpee and he sees some group of 15 weirdos chanting around some burning paper in the ground or something and says, oh, that looks like a fun cult. I think I'll join. It starts like everything else starts. It starts small. Hey, Bill, want to come out for a beer? How many of you would say yes to a free beer? See what I mean? Then it moves from there to you should meet my friend. Oh, hey, we're doing a get-together on Friday. Should be fun. Might be some pretty girls there. Before you know it, you're part of a group. Now, the 60s and 70s, To set up our story here, in case you haven't figured it out yet, we are going to be talking about Jim Jones and the Jonestown Massacre. But the 60s and 70s was huge for cults in America. Manson was a cult. It was just huge for this time. Why? Well, it's a great time to talk about why. One, drugs. Drugs certainly did come into play there. It was a time where the country was... Really expanding its drug use hugely. And that just makes the human mind more pliable. And no, I'm not doing your your father thing. Don't do drugs. I mean, although you obviously probably shouldn't do drugs, but I'm not your pastor and not your dad. It's not my business. But there's a reason historically and today, whenever a nation state gets a prisoner they're trying to manipulate, they drug them. People who are victims of human trafficking are routinely drugged. Drugs make you pliable. Drugs make you more able to be swayed. And that got huge in the 60s. And there were huge societal reasons in the 60s for cults as well. There was the Vietnam War. This was the part, and a lot of people will say, probably not wrongly, this was where the America that we know really started to go downhill and it's just picking up speed from the 60s ever since. It's where a bunch of communist radicals really started taking over various parts of our education system and whatnot, which is why we have what we have. But anyway, huge societal changes, people starting to question things, a huge society pull away from church. That that was a big part of it, too, when they talk about it. People are, like, we, like we've always talked about, and the nation needs a religion. Not preaching at you. I don't. You need a religion. A, a nation does as a whole. Not you individually. You do what you want. But as a whole, a nation must have one. Whether you're Aztecs cutting people's hearts out, whether you're Saudi Arabia with Islam, whether you're America with Christianity, whatever you have, you have some kind of mooring, some kind of moral mooring. You have to have one. Well, when people lose that, they go searching for other ones. And that was why the cults came. Now let's talk about a man named Jim Jones. Jim Jones was born in 1931. He was born during the Great Depression. And tough upbringing is probably putting it a little bit mildly. At one point in time, he's living with his mom in like a shanty. If you, if you see it, it's a shack. It's, it's, it's amazing people live this way. But to this day, remember, people live this way. No insulation, running water. What? I just got some sheet metal to cover up that one hole we still had in the wall. The rain kept blowing in there. It was annoying. We got that covered up now, though. 
We should stay mostly dry for the night until the roof starts leaking on us again. That's how people live their lives. And Jim Jones was a very strange man early on. There's always that argument people have, and they will always have it, of whether people, especially bad people, are born that way or made that way. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not qualified to speak on that. I will tell you this. From an early, early age, people thought this Jim Jones dude was very weird. Very weird. Very into death. He was obsessed about reading the Bible, which there's nothing wrong with being obsessed about reading the Bible, but he took it to a dark place. He would kill animals so he could perform Christian funeral services for them and bury them in the backyard. Like I said, yeah, weird. Really, really weird. Just not the kind of neighbor you have. Honey, uh, do you see the neighbor kid, Jim? Is that our cat? You know, that kind of thing. And he's a good student. He starts to hear about this thing. Perhaps you've heard this word on my show before. This is as he's coming up, teenage years, 20s. He starts to hear about this thing called communism. And he likes it. Hang on, we got that, and we have an MSNBC host finding out about reality. Hang on. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Jake's Mint Chew will help you quit dipping tobacco. And I know this because I'm somebody who dipped for years, and I'm somebody who tried every stupid thing to quit tobacco and failed at doing so. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. They have 11 different flavors of long cut, and hear me out here, CBD pouches. They have four different flavors of the CBD pouches. These things are so effective at taking the edge off. I have people write me almost every day now saying they're helping them quit smoking because you can sit at your desk and just have a little CBD pouch in your lip. You can, you can sit at the house and instead of going outside to burn a cigarette, put one of these in. Go. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. Jesse Kelly returns next. It is the world famous Jesse Kelly show. It is world famous, Chris. International downloads all over the place now, baby. 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Call, email your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. I actually have one I'm going to answer today. I do have some sad news to give you, though, before I continue my story about Jim Jones and the Jonestown Massacre. And before we get to the Black Lives Matter millionaire And the newest from Dr. Fauci, (sighs) bear with me a moment. I don't like to, I don't like to be too heavy or down on the show. Certainly nothing 
nothing that affects me personally. I just you don't you don't come to the radio for that. I don't blame you. It's my job to make your day a little bit better, but when something happens that hits home, I'm I have to get behind the microphone and I have to be honest about it. You've seen all this uh all this rioting in Minneapolis that's going on. It's terrible right now. There was a cops. Well, I'm not going into the details because I don't know all the details yet, and everyone's running their mouth, and it's really bad. But there's violent rioting going on all over Minneapolis right now, and I just, I just got word that they got Little Caesars. What, Chris? Little Caesars is fantastic. Five dollars for a, a large pepperoni? What's wrong with you? I'm not going to be lectured about saving money from you ever. If Jewish producer Chris thinks he's going to lecture me about saving money, that's not bad pizza for $5. $5 for a hot and ready? By the way, it's never hot and ready. It's either it's either 9,000 years old or, oh, that'll be 15 minutes. Wait, it's going to be 15 minutes for my hot and ready pizza? Yeah, we have to make it first. <laughs> but it looks like they got Little Caesars. Those jerks. Gosh. All right. Back to our story. Jim Jones, an odd young man killing animals to perform funeral rites in his backyard, goes from being, you know, a kind of a devoutly Christian young man. It appeared, I, I, you know, you never know. You're just going off what witnesses say, but really started to fall in love with communism. Of course, he's learning this communism in school. Like I said, this this didn't start today. People were learning about the greatness of communism a long time ago. He starts to get really angry that America is anti-communist. And, or America was anti-communist, I should say. And he decides he's going to, quote, infiltrate the church. He's going to start making sure communism is something that is preached from the pulpit. And look. Jim Jones would be a very happy man if he could see what we have today. But anyway, that's another story entirely. He is a hustler at heart. I don't know, because I, I really dug into this. I don't know whether he was a natural hustler or at this point in time he was just trying to make ends meet. But when I say hustler, this is what I mean by hustler. He went door-to-door, a door-to-door salesman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being a salesman. Nothing wrong with being, you know, the door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman. Go out there, hustle, make your money, do what you have to do to feed your family. He sold monkeys. He went door-to-door selling monkeys. And because I have a weird brain, and I know that you know this, but I have a weird brain I want to hear the monkey pitch, and I want to know how much. And, you know, it's really terrible. Somebody had asked me, I'm, I'm going to go off on a side note here. Somebody had asked me, uh, hang on, let, where do I get this email here? Oh, here it is. First of all, email. I told you I read your emails on the air. Dear J. Steele Kelly, I'm in desperate need of some What Chris merch. Shirts, mugs, so on and so forth. We are going to get some What Chris merch, by the way. I did not realize this was going to become a thing. Lastly, she finishes up. Also, I didn't want to like the history section of your show because my listening time is limited thanks to the little rugrats around my house. But dang, if you didn't suck me in. Now I can't miss it. I even look forward to it because you make it so interesting. But I got to know, how do you decide which stories to tell 
And how do you have time to research a different story for every show? Keep being handsome on the radio. Says I can read her name. Okay, her name is Heather Hale. All right. Well, how do I do it? How do I do that much research for every show? I, and this is not, I'm not saying this is a good trait at all. At all. But I am, what's the word I want to use here? I went to community college. Myopic, I think you would call it. If I get hooked on something, I will dive into it. And then when I'm diving into it, I'll, I'll see little weird parts of the story that other people don't, that, that won't stand out to normal, well-adjusted people, and I'll dive into them. When I was diving into Jim Jones in Jonestown, I was diving into it, and I, 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 the door-to-door selling monkeys, you don't understand. I paused for like 45 minutes trying to find out how much the monkeys were and what the monkey pitch was. I need to hear somebody knock on my door and give me a pitch to sell a monkey or to, to, for me to buy a monkey. That ha- what is the selling point? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, so that's, that's how I do it. Anyway, and because I am so myopic, that's why I'm able to come up with a new topic for every day. But like I said, Jim Jones, natural hustler. And because he's a natural hustler, he starts trying to get into faith healing. You've seen the faith healing on TV. Chris, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you rabbis do that, but with the faith healing stuff, with the uh, always televised, don't get me wrong. I have, I have nothing against somebody believing their faith can heal them. I believe that's been done you know, a trillion times throughout history. But the, the televised pastor where he hits them on the head and they fall over and they wake up, I'm cancer-free or something like that. I can walk again. That kind of, You know exactly what I'm talking about. He, of course, starts digging into that at a time when faith healing was, of course, becoming big business in America. He starts making some money. What, Chris? $29 for a monkey? Oh, that's not bad. That's not, I think it would be annoying, though. Don't you think it would be climbing everything? You don't think it would be annoying? What? No more than a cat or a dog. Hold up, pal. The dog is limited to the ground. The dog is, if you want to say cat, fine, because cats are the devil. I would never have a cat, ever. But you, let's not lump monkeys in with dogs, buddy. The monkey's going to be swinging from, that might be cool to have him swinging from stuff, though. Think how much you could freak out the guests if you had some guests over and you had him like hanging upside down from upstairs or dropping on one. <laughs> You'd end up giving someone a heart attack. All right, focus, Chris. It's not about the monkeys. Dang it. All right. Jim Jones tries faith healing. He tells people he started to. This is what happens when you start to speak in front of people and you're good at it. Or you start to get really any level of fame. This is what happens. You start to believe your own press. It's inevitable. It's, it, it's, ba- it's almost everybody. They start to believe their own press. Jim Jones, as big of a weirdo as he was, was an insanely charismatic dude. A really good looking dude. He just, the women were dying for the guy. I mean, you look up a picture of Jim Jones, that's a good-looking man. And he's got this personality and this charisma, and the ladies love him, and he's faith-healing. And, and what happens is your ego, your ego, nobody can ever bring it down. 
In fact, what you start to do is, when you get famous, you start to run out anyone in your life who does bring it down. Oh, I've got my boys. i got Tom and Larry and Tony, and they tell me how important I am every single day. And look at all these girls over there. Oh, we love you. You're the best. Oh, you're so handsome. And you got one person in your life that says, dude, are you going to take your trash out? Or your, 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 your Trash everywhere in your house. You look like a slob. That's the guy you unfriend and don't talk to anymore. You start making your own bubble. Jim Jones is in a bubble. It's about to get bad. Hang on. Pure thunderstorms. They have changed. Well, they've changed what I put in my body. I don't take allergy medication anymore. You realize that? These air purifiers are so good, I don't have to take allergy medication anymore. That's how good they are. I bought one. I've told you the story before. My sons came and stole them from me promptly. And then I turned around and bought two more. I actually walked in my son's room the other day, and, you know, there are two boys sleeping in the same room, so it smells awful. Walked in my son's room the other day, smelled great. That's how incredible these things are. They don't cover up odors. They completely eliminate them. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE for $10 off. Jesse Kelly returns next. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We still have Michael Malice coming up one hour from now. The anarchist Michael Malice. I actually want to ask him. It's not that you're going to stump him because he has something for everything, but I want to ask him. All right, you see this chaos going on right now in Minneapolis. What does the anarchist want done with something like that? You talk to the average American. Right now, what they would want, they would want the police to mobilize, enforce, stop the destruction, stop people getting hurt, go back home, everyone calm down, that kind of thing. Riot shields and batons, stuff like that. Not that you cheer for anybody getting hurt. That's what people want. What's an anarchist solution? What if there aren't any cops? I want to know. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him here in a little bit. All right, back to our story. Jim Jones, as he's rising, is seeing a lot of success. He starts to tell people that he's been resurrected. I told you he was starting to get in love with communism. Now he's starting to get way in love with communism. He's obsessing over Mao. He actually obsessed over Hitler, too, but he's starting to obsess over Mao. Gets married, has lots of kids, and his congregation, the People's Temple, is growing and growing rapidly. And he is surrounded by only fans now. So his delusions are getting really, really, really bad. He becomes a national name. And how does he become a national name? Let's pause here for a moment. This is at a point in America's history 
where we weren't nearly as racially united as we are now. Granted, we're about to be racially divided again because we're letting them divide us, but that's another story entirely. But this was a point in time where it wasn't that great. It really wasn't that great. Well, he's adopting black kids, adopting Asian kids with his wife, speaking out against racism. Remember, He's big on this now, and the American communists were big on jumping into the civil rights movement to use it for their cause. He's doing the same thing, and he's doing it really smartly. He's building shelters for addicts, for old people. So he's becoming a a star with the national press. All you have to do is, is, is go that way. And you will become a star with the national press. He has famous politicians like Harvey Milk talking about how great Jim Jones is. He, this, he, we think of Jim Jones now as this backwater, uh, some weird backwater cult guy who killed a bunch of people. And no, nobody really, I mean, it was a few people. Everybody, Jim Jones was nationally known. This was a, this was a national dude. That's why it was so big. And the people's temple is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. How big? How about 20,000 members? 20,000 members of the people's temple. And we need to understand this because this is really a story about human nature, as almost all stories are. People are always coming, but people are always going as well. There are people, there's always a percentage, a small percentage, granted, but there's always a percentage of people out there who, who are looking and thinking to themselves, this doesn't feel right anymore. I'm going to break away from the group and I'm going to walk away. And boy, do you really want to be one of those kinds of people in life? If you've ever been in a cult, actually, that's a good idea, Chris. If you've ever been in a cult, flirted with a cult, left a cult of any kind, I don't care if it's the shortest, dumbest story in the world, email us, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You know I'll read it on the air. Anyway, he is so twisted by now. Remember he said he was he was kind of Christian growing up and then went hardcore communist and then decided he was going to infiltrate the church with communism He's now just gone complete communism, meaning he's preaching against the Bible from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, it's, it's an odd story. He claims the Bible is racist and sexist. Any of this sound familiar at all? Anybody? Anybody? He says America is racist and sexist. Any of this familiar yet? Remember, there is nothing new under the sun. People are obsessed with him. They are joining the church and he's forcing them, but they're doing it willingly. I mean, it's just part of the entrance requirements. You have to give everything to Jim Jones. That house, go sell your house now. Bring me all the money from the sale of your house. Bring me all the money you have in savings. This is all part of joining the people's temple. Huge amounts of money, everything. And children too. I'm not making this up. He, like all communists, believed children should not be raised by their parents. They should be raised by the whole community. 
So you're signing up. You're so obsessed with this, with belonging, with with Jim Jones, with whatever the appeal is. You show up with Little Billy, and you're like, yeah, you, you can, here's here's the 50000 from selling my house, and take Little Billy, too. Thanks, Billy. Hopefully I'll see you at lunchtime. Maybe they'll give us 10 minutes together. And people are getting a sense of belonging here. And there's something else that comes with this, and I'm not going to dwell on this because in my mind it's not that important, but I should bring it up just for the history of it. You know, it's a family show, so I'm not going into it. There are, as you can imagine, 20,000 People's Temple members, a narcissistic nut job like that in charge, uh, very charismatic, very handsome. He was getting a lot of attention from the female members of the temple, a lot of it. And that was producing, it's just, the only reason I bring it up is important for our story. It's, it's ending up with more children, children from different places. And lots of times these women who would have these children would feel neglected or ostracized. And sometimes it's the women, the mothers of the extra children who are bailing. Oh, I'm checking out. This seems like a bad place. He's a bad guy. I'm leaving. And the American media starts to turn on Jim Jones as more and more people are leaving. And they're starting to tell worse stories about, about things that go on there. But they're starting to hear rumors about people are beaten if they step out of line. Jim Jones is now surrounded by armed bodyguards. But if you're in it, if you're in it, this is for many of these people the first sense of belonging they've ever had. Well, Jim Jones takes all this money that he's acquired, and it was a significant amount, and he packs up, uh, not all 20,000, obviously, because it didn't end up that way, but packs up what he considers his core group of people, and he moves to Guyana. I don't expect you to know where Guyana is. It's in South America. That's all you need to know. It's in the northern part of South America. What are they doing in Guyana? He's going to build a communist paradise. He builds this huge town In the jungle. Now, I say town that's being really kind about it. It's not exactly schools and skyscrapers and running water and what you would think of as a town. It's just a bunch of shacks. They weren't very good at this whole thing. And he tells people, this is going to be our communist paradise. This is the peak nuclear fears part of the world or time in, in history, too. So he's telling people there's going to be a nuclear holocaust soon, but we'll be safe here. But here's the thing about being a member, moving down to Guyana, and then things start getting weird. At what point in time, put yourself in their shoes, these cult members, at what point in time do you feel like you're in too deep? Because you know it was hitting a lot of people, and it, we're already, we already know this, it was hitting a lot of people this time, I'm in too deep. But you're in Guyana. Your kids are being raised communally. What are you going to do if you're in too deep? What's there to do about it? We will wrap up our story about Jim Jones, and then we'll talk about an MSNBC host getting a hard dose of reality. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it's going to be an awesome day. Remember, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of. So that's probably the safest bet at this point in time. <laughs> All right. The People's Temple. They are now in Guyana, South America, and they're trapped. They're in way, 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 way too deep with Jim Jones and his cult. He takes away their passports. He is now in a place where, this isn't San Francisco. South America is pretty far away. He doesn't have to pretend to be nice anymore. So beatings now are regular. Remember, they're communists and communists don't change. Pay attention. Because they're all around you now. They control every part of your system now. Communists do not change. Slave labor is always part of it. What do the people do there all day? Well, they're not out uh, playing badminton and cornhole. No, they have to eat. So he has them try to cultivate crops with slave labor. Remember, this is also the South American jungle. So they're swarmed by mosquitoes, disease. They're really only eating, for the most part, what they can grow. So the food is terrible. There were days where they'd have rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, not Jim Jones, of course, by the way. He had steak. He claimed to have an allergy. He had steaks and stuff in there for him. Remember, communism never changes. The guys at the top are always eating steak while we die. The guards now, it's way beyond armed bodyguards. Now they have armed guards patrolling the perimeter of Jonestown. Why? Well, they tell the people it's because they're expecting an attack from mercenaries who are going to kill them all. But really, the armed guards are meant to keep people inside. He's so worried about people trying to escape that he will, when he has someone out on watch, he'll drug them so they won't escape while they're out on watch. It's that bad. Jim Jones is well beyond delusional now. He is deeply, deeply into drugs. The people are scared. 
They're all paranoid. It's getting dark. And he comes up with this plan. He starts waking people up in the middle of the night and handing them a glass of what he tells them is poison and having them drink it. No, it wasn't really poison yet. Hint, hint. It was a loyalty test. If they took too long to drink it, he considered them disloyal. That's how bad it's getting there. People back home are starting to put pressure on the U.S. government. A lot of this pressure is coming from these ladies who had had kids with Jim Jones. Well, he took off with the kids. They're petitioning the U.S. government. Uh, This guy's a psycho. You don't understand how bad this cult is. And he has my son. We're talking long written affidavits, so on and so forth. And Jonestown, in the meantime, they're practicing for an attack from the outside. They're doing regular drills at night. They called them white nights. They, they did fake sniper attacks on Jim Jones so the people in Jonestown would believe there actually are mercenaries outside. He would send a sniper out there to take a bad pot shot at him. Whoa, I told you we were under attack to keep people scared and keep people in there. Finally, a congressman, his name was Leo Ryan, credit to him, flies to Guyana. He has a group of journalists with him. He has some of the former cult people with him. Jim Jones knows he's coming. Jim Jones essentially meets him there at the airport. They land at an airport and says, okay, well, of course, you're welcome. Come on in, congressman. The former cult people are not welcome. They've been kicked out, but you are more than welcome to come in with your journalists. He hosts a reception for them. Now, Ryan is there to, to get people. I mean, credit to this guy. He's there to physically get people and bail them out. He has journalists all around him. And one of the cult people slips a note to one of the journalists and says, I want out. I know all these people who want out. We're scared. Please take us with you. Well, Leo Ryan gathers up some of these people and says, we're leaving. One of the cult members then attacks Leo Ryan with a knife, but he gets away from him, and Jim Jones steps in and says, whoa, 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 calm down, calm down. No attacking the congressman. Yes, congressman, you want to go? Go, please, please, of course. Oh, yes, you can take all these other people who said they wanted to go too, all the cult people. You're more than welcome to. They take off. They drive back towards the airport. But... They didn't understand completely what they were dealing with here. And I want you to understand something before we wrap up our story. When I say communists don't change, I want you to get this. They don't change because it's the same religion. It has always been the same religion. It, came from, it comes, always comes from the same dark place inside of somebody. And it always manifests itself the same way. Why does it do that? Well, there are a lot of reasons, but I'll give you the big one, and then we'll wrap up our story on Jumpstown. Hang on, hang on. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, 
Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. By the way, if you missed any part of the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, you can catch it all on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review talking about how handsome I am. We're over 700 of them now. (laughs) Oh, and I have new ones. I'll read them today on the air. And remember... Today is a Medal of Honor Monday. I'm going to get to that very, very shortly. We don't do anything good or right or decent on the show, except for one time a week on Monday, we pick a Medal of Honor citation from one of our heroes, and we just read it on the air because these men and their deeds deserve to be remembered. We have a packed show today. We have a Black Lives Matter millionaire. Minneapolis is burning An MSNBC host was just introduced to a heavy, heavy dose of this thing we like to call reality. All right, let's wrap up Jonestown. Then it's on. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember this. I read all your emails. All of them. Send me your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions can get sent throughout the week. I read all of them. I'm not going to respond. I get way too many. You send them, I read them. Back to our Jonestown saga. Congressman Leo Ryan some journalists, they get to Jonestown, have their reception, snatch up some of the call people who are desperate to leave. 
They take off for the airport. Jim Jones says, no, don't attack him anymore. Let him go to the airport. They get back to the airport. Only Jim Jones had his armed guards waiting there for him. He called them the Red Brigade because, of course, he did, that dirty commie scumbag. The armed guards open up on Congressman Leo Ryan and gun him down. They gun down four other people, too. One of the, quote, defectors was actually a spy, pulls out a gun, and starts gunning people down, too. Now, at this point in time, Jones is back in Jonestown. He knows the game is up. He gets up. And he gives a speech, and it's really, really creepy. You can actually hear this speech. There are, there are recordings of all this stuff. You can hear Jim Jones speak. He gives a speech telling the people in the cult, now that the congressman has been hurt, the mercenaries are going to come and torture and murder all of them. He tells the parents and that it's time for all of them to die. And he wants... He wants them to die their own way because everyone dies, and he wants them to kill the kids first. Now, it's, it's always, there's that saying out there of don't drink the Kool-Aid. That's always in reference to Jim Jones. Uh, here's, a little, here's a little water cooler talk for you. It was not Kool-Aid. They didn't drink any Kool-Aid. There was no Kool-Aid there. It was a mixture of uh, uh, cyanide and Valium and just grape flavoring. It wasn't grape Kool-Aid. Boy, did Kool-Aid get some bad press out of that whole thing, Chris. <laughs> there was no Kool-Aid there. And I'm not going to go into the details of it too much because so many kids died here, and that's just that's too much for me. Uh, dying from cyanide is not pleasant, and it's not fast. Not at all. It is a... Uh, it is a rough way to go. They drank it. Kids died first. It's also a noisy way to go. So if if you want to you want to share that for a moment, you have what, Chris? No, Chris went and got the last speeches. You know what? Maybe we'll play a little audio from that last speech a little later on in the show. It's too dark right now. It's just the kids died first. It's not a quiet death. It's not a pleasant death. Then the parents were dying too. Parents started drinking it too. Uh, you should know, once again, not everybody wanted to die. Not everybody wanted to die like this. There were armed guards walking around forcing people to take this at gunpoint. Jim Jones, of course, didn't have the guts to take the cyanide that he made all his other people take. Went and shot himself in the head. Killed himself. The end of the day, 909 people died in Jonestown. If you have a strong stomach, and only if you have a strong stomach, you can actually just do an internet search for Jonestown Massacre, and you will undoubtedly see as one of, if not the top pictures, a picture of the pavilion, like the preaching open pavilion where they did it, Dead people lined up like sardines, 909 of them. How in the world can any human being find themselves so deep in something that they would willingly take a glass of cyanide and give it to their child? Forgetting about yourself, give it to their child. And not not, not some psycho... Somebody who loves their child. 
Here, honey, I love you. Take this poison and die. How could anyone get to that point mentally? Here's the tough part for you and I to swallow. It's not as difficult as you think. It's just, as, it's just a matter of what you surround yourself with at all times. I saw this headline, and it, it, look, it won't, it, won't, it won't make, this headline won't make headlines, but boy, it stood out to me. MSNBC host, Chris Hayes is his name, MSNBC host totally confused by revelation that Hunter, laptop, Hunter Biden laptop story is real. Um, everybody who was outside of the system knew that Hunter Biden had a laptop. On Hunter Biden's laptop was some really, really, really ugly stuff. When I say ugly, I'm more talking about the dirty business dealings and things like that. But on on top of that, there's obviously a bunch of really personal stuff on there. Of of, of you know, uh, he's obviously got a ser- serious drug addiction problem and. Uh, ladies of the night. And I will tell you, contrary to most people on my side, I don't, I don't like looking at that stuff. And I actually do think it's really sad. He is a severely, severely messed up human being. And I don't look at drug addicts as, as pieces of garbage. We are all severely flawed and fallen and we all have our vices and drugs. Drugs just destroy people, man. They just destroy people. They destroy lives, destroy families. They're terrible. I mean, it's absolutely terrible what it's done. But there was a lot of really ugly stuff on there. And remember, this story came out. The New York Post broke this story before the presidential election. Big Tech not only closed the Twitter account of one of the biggest newspapers in the United States of America, the New York Post, they, they banned the account of anybody who tried to repost a story. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, everybody locked shields and decided this story could not be shared, should not be shared. They have that poll that took place after the election where enough Democrats said they wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden if they'd known about it. it would, Joe, Donald Trump would have won. This changed the election, the system deciding that you couldn't, you couldn't see this story. But here's the thing, and this is one of, the, one of the big dangers we face right now. When I talk about the system, when I talk about complete cultural Marxist control of every single American institution, and I mean every one of them now, they have them all. They have the church, sports, media, entertainment. They have all the corporations. We'll get to that here in a little bit, about 100 corporations holding a meeting about voting laws. Oh, yeah, it's spicy. They own it all. Well, here's the danger. When you own the entire system, the average person, not just an MSNBC host, but an average person, and sadly, no, I'm not talking about you. You listen to conservative talk radio, or at least you listen to my show, so you're not an average person. The average, relatively non-political person who decides elections, that person, how completely twisted up and manipulated is their worldview? And they have no idea. They have no idea. That's the real danger. This guy... This guy covers the news for a living. Yes, he's a left-wing hack, but he covers the news 
for a living. And he finds out about the Hunter Biden laptop stuff that we've all known about for six months. And he's shocked. He's stunned. What? What? Hunter Biden had a laptop. That is the danger. Because the normal, average, everyday Joe only encounters lies unless he's seeking out truth. And that's the problem we have now. It's way worse. I'm not done yet. Hang on. Attitude, Jesse Kelly. My Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Well, it's taking care of my allergies. I used to wake up, and I don't, I don't want to give you too many details on this because it's kind of gross. No one likes to hear this, but I would wake up in the morning and have to blow my nose like three times right off the bat. But it wasn't honestly, it wasn't the nose that killed me when it comes to allergies. It was my eyes. I can blow my nose, but my eyes are itchy and watery, and I would wake up sometimes, and I would have a a tear dripping out the side of my eye. That's how bad my allergies ravaged me. And I was always taking these over-the-counter allergy pills. I don't take any anymore. The only thing I changed in my life was I bought an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It sits right beside my bed. Believe me when I tell you this thing works. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. we're doing is laying down our life. We're not letting them take our life. We're laying down our life. We're taking their lives. We just want peace. Well, thank you to Jewish producer Chris for turning the creepy factor up by 9,000 times playing actual Jim Jones audio of the speech he gave the people of the People's Temple, right before 909 of them drank cyanide. How could you do? How could you give your child cyanide? Well, everything you've seen and heard and read for a period of time has pointed you one direction, aimed you one way, and only one way. And that twists up the human mind into doing things that are unspeakable. This is what I wanted you to understand. This is why I kept it over because I wanted to talk about it for one more second here on the Jesse Kelly Show. The reason I think this is so dangerous that we have the system in complete control by the hardcore leftists. It's not because some idiot NBC host didn't know about Hunter Biden's laptop. It's not even about Hunter Biden or Hunter Biden's laptop or China or drug addiction. It's not about that. I want you to understand this. Remember that poll that came out a couple months ago? Of they, they polled each party to see the biggest issues that were facing the country. And on the right, it was all issues. 
taxes, spending, border, all that, all that stuff. And on the left, the number one issue by a mile, by a mile on the left, was white supremacy. White supremacy that's been virtually eradicated in the United States of America. Yeah, there's always some idiot out there with a swastika on or a KKK add-on, but there's there's no organized white supremacy. It's completely shunned. It's been run out of the country. It's gone. And it's the number one issue for the left. They think, they genuinely think they're the good guys and you're a Nazi. And that is the danger. And that is why I've told you, and I don't make any bones about it, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it for radio or to make anybody feel better. Go get a gun and learn how to use it safely first. Safety is always first. Don't go get a gun and head right to the range. Learn how to use your weapon safely. Go get a gun and learn how to protect yourself. We are entering into a different time in this country. It's going to be different Because the system has never had so much control. All one voice, all one ideology, and all that one voice is telling these people is, you're the enemy. You're the enemy. How deep does it go? Headline from the Washington Post. More than 100 corporate executives hold a call to discuss halting donations and investments to fight controversial voting rights bills. You heard it right. A hundred of the most powerful people in the United States of America, Delta, American, United, Starbucks, Target, LinkedIn, Levi Strauss, Boston Consulting Group, Atlanta Falcons, so on and so forth, all on a phone call discussing how they should respond discussing the appropriate level of retribution for a state passing a law telling someone to show ID at the polls wrap your mind around that and now understand how dire this threat is we are in so much more trouble than a 2022 midterm election can solve or a 2024 presidential election can solve They have complete control of every part of our culture. Oh, Chris, you know what, Chris? Play that Jim Jones a bit. I have a Jim Jones bit again. I have something else I want to say. Hurry up, Chris. We can't wait all day just because I dropped this on you right off the bat. (laughs) But listen, I want you to listen to this. This is a cult leader inspiring 900 people to kill themselves. Remember the, the, the uh, Oliver woman said she she come over and kill me if her sons wouldn't stop her. These these are the people, the peddlers of hate. All we're doing is laying down our life. We're not letting them take our life. We're laying down our life. We're taking their lives. We just want peace. All I'd like to say is that my um my so-called parents are filled with so much hate. And treachery. I think you, you people out here should think about how your relatives was and be glad about that the children are being laid to rest. And I like to say, is I think- and be glad that the children are being laid to rest. Now, that's on YouTube. You played that off of YouTube, Chris. Hey, Chris, do me a favor, really quick, and play that uh, play that Donald Trump speech off YouTube. Oh, Eddie's speech is fine. 
Oh, there's nothing? That's the system, ladies and gentlemen. That's the system. And that's how big the problems are. I'm not, not telling you this to be a Debbie Downer. I'm telling you this because... On the right, I, I feel like people are not wanting to acknowledge how bad the problem is. It's one thing to say there's a problem. It's another thing to acknowledge how dire the situation is. We're not taking on a little water. The iceberg has already ripped a hole in the bottom of the Titanic, and we're sinking into the ocean quickly. That's how bad it is. They did a, an ideological purge of the U.S. military. Your church. Oh, speaking of church, this took place in Edmonton. It was in Canada. Took place in Edmonton. Church decided they were going to keep having church when they've been told they weren't allowed to have church. So they took down the fencing the cops had put up around the church The state then promptly mobilized 200 police officers to march on the church and shut it down. 200 of them. How far do you think we are from that? Oh, Jesse, that could never happen here. Really? Hmm, that's weird. Looking at my watch, I remember just a little over a year ago, a pastor being placed under arrest in the state of Florida for having church. You like to think, because it's so hard to accept the truth, you like to think, oh, we're a million miles away from this being a problem. We are about 20 feet away from this being a big, big, big problem. A big problem. And it's not just, it's not just the scumbags at the top who are leading people astray. It's that relatively normal people, all they've heard, is white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy, America's sexist, America's sexist, America's sexist, America, America uh, oppresses gay people, America's evil, America's colonist, America's... That's all they've heard. They're not bad people. They are products of everything they've consumed with their eyes and ears their whole life. How are we supposed to deal with this when half the country hates the country and half the country... They think you're a white supremacist. I have black friends of mine who get called white supremacists when they say something conservative. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. That's how deep it goes. How, how warped does your mind have to be to go that way? Well, people's temple were handing their child a, a glass of cyanide. You heard that guy, the guy that after Jim Jones, I think we just need to lay down our children because my parents were mean to me. That's where we are. We are in a bad place. We have to figure out a way to claw ourselves out. But I have some solutions for you. We're going to talk to Michael Malice, the anarchist, next. See what he has to say about this carnage in Minneapolis. Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew, it's an actual solution for quitting dipping. That's that's the best way I can describe it because I tried to quit dipping. I tried, 
I tried everything. And I'll be honest, it was a prideful thing with me. I wanted to go cold turkey. Oh, I could I could quit any time. I'm, I'm Jesse Kelly. I'll just quit. No, no, absolutely not. That lasted half a day. And then you're sitting there with a the gigantic dip in your lip. And I tried uh, the patch. I tried bubble gum. I tried sunflower seeds. It just... I needed something to put in my lip to give me a transition. That was the biggest thing for me. Well, Jake's Mint Chew lets you do that without any guilt because there's no tobacco in Jake's Mint Chew. There's no nicotine in it. And I would highly recommend their CBD pouches. Those are really effective. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 20% off. going to join us every Monday at this time. Always has something interesting to see. Host of your welcome, Michael Malice. Michael, what's the anarchist solution for a bunch of looting and burning going on in Minneapolis? Uh, pop, 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 watching the <laughs> blank drop. <laughs> yeah. uh, the anarchist solution is not to have one agency tasked with security, and then when that one agency is incompetent, you don't just sit on your hands and just shrug your shoulders. Look at a television, right? Can you imagine if there was some kind of emergency and the emergency broadcast system was only available on one channel and that channel went down? What are you supposed to do then? So having a government monopoly on security, this just shows what happens when they can't do their job. Everyone's SOL. And what's even worse you could see where the government priorities are because God forbid someone tries to defend themselves or their business, they're the first ones going to jail. So it's not the cops who aren't doing their jobs uh, and sitting on their hands. It's the people who are trying to fill the cops' role who are regarded as the real villains in this situation by the government. Michael, I'm staring at a headline here of 100 corporations, of the biggest, most powerful corporations in America, holding a conference call figuring out how badly they should punish Republican states who pass voter ID laws. And, man, all I could think of was what I call the system, what you call the cathedral, and how much they are really cinching in their power for good right now. No, I disagree completely. I think uh, this is an example of our growing national self-segregation by ideology. I think they have always had to try to do this through manipulation and control, and now the mask is dropping. So it's, I think it's a healthy thing if you find out, for example, that your spouse is cheating on you. They've been cheating the whole time. Now you have this information. And same thing here. These corporations uh, have been for decades now manipulating the American public. How many people have grew up watching these sitcoms? that now as an adult, you realize this is pure hard-left propaganda. As I mentioned in my book, The New Right, when I was a kid, I'm showing my age here, we had He-Man and She-Ra, and at the end of every episode, there was a lesson, and I remember this distinctly. At one episode, She-Ra's lesson was, a tree has as much right to live as a human being. Now, this is something to the left of even Greta Thunberg. So I think it's very healthy, and we all, I think, I think conservatives were surprised to what extent uh, corporate America was bending over backwards last year to uh, defend and support the rioting. 
And I think now that that has been revealed, things are going to go in a lot healthier direction. We're honest, at least. Okay. Here's my here's my pushback, I guess, on that, though. Oh, we're, okay, we're aware, but we're still not in control. I can be aware that McDonald's is spitting in my cheeseburger, but if it's the only place to eat, how does me being aware make it any better? I got to eat. Sure. Uh, let's look at marijuana legalization, okay. right? I, th- I forget what state was first. I think it was Colorado. They basically said, yeah, we're going to legalize it, decriminalize it. And even though this is still against federal law, we're going to d- dare you to do something about it. Now, we saw this happen in the early 80s when Arizona was the one state that refused to have Martin Luther King uh, recognized as a holiday. There's huge backlash. Their argument was, what does Martin Luther King have to do with Arizona? We were never a, a Jim Crow state. We have nothing to do with this concern. Not every person who is a great hero deserves their own holiday, and they uh, was a huge backlash, they backed down. If it's one state, it's one thing, regardless of the, the veracity of their stance. If you have a ton of states, very quickly it's going to be hard to enforce this. So CN, I don't think CNN is going to be pulling themselves out of Georgia at any time. And when you are losing power, you have to ratchet up your control, otherwise you're, you're SOL. So that's what I think is happening. They're losing their uh, um, monopoly on the megaphone. Okay, well, who's picking it up then? Where's this other megaphone that I don't that I don't see? I mean, with the exception You're of talking into it, Jesse. Yes, yes, but anybody. Here's my problem, Michael. Anybody who purposely listens to your show, my show, obviously that's something you have to seek out and do on purpose. Sure. That's that's honestly. This is going to sound like I'm kissing the audience's rear end. That's a human being who's going to be a thinker in general, and not not just somebody who blindly follows along. Otherwise, you're not listening to Michael Malice. But I'm not sure. worried about them. I'm not worried about a single person hearing my voice. I'm worried about the average non-political Joe goes to work, comes home, plays with the kids, eats din- eats dinner, and turns on NBC for 15 minutes. That guy has sure. no window into what is real and what is not. And he never will. So to expect him to be a determinant one way or another, I think, is completely uh, missing the point. I'll give you another example, which is something I think that will hit very close to home for you, which is after the Democrats and the Republicans repealed the um, uh, the, Fair- the Fairness Act, Fairness Doctrine, excuse me, and talk radio became a thing, starting with Rush Limbaugh and many others. You had to seek out talk radio, right? You had to, t- you know, turn on AM. You had to set your dial to the right station. As a consequence of Limbaugh, the Republican Party, in many ways, regained some sense of ideology. They had a fighting spirit. They had a sense of humor. And you saw things like the Republicans seizing Congress for the first time in 40 years on a conservative right of center agenda. It wasn't just like we're not the Democrats. They really had talking points and ideas, which, of course, most of them never came true. So now I think there's a lot of people in this country who are thinkers who are very hungry to take the fight to the corporations. And this is exactly what it would look like. Uh, Now, I don't know that they're going to win, but at the very least, I think there's a lot of people who are thinkers who are excited that at least now there's a fighting chance instead of just rolling over. I try to get out of my bubble as much as I can and look at things from the enemy's point of view. Has the Joe Biden presidency so far, has this been a success for the left or a failure for the left? Obviously, I've hated every bit of it. I'm sure you've hated the vast majority of it. But if you're if you're one of these card carrying American communists now, are you looking around thinking this is going well or are you just miserable? 
Uh, I, I'm not hating that much of it at all because mm-hmm. I think we have a walking punchline, and I say walking very loosely because mm-hmm. uh, God forbid the punchline's upstairs uh, <laughs> in the White House. I, I, I think you underestimate how much disdain I have for the office of the which is the office of that you know sends war overseas and kills our troops. So to have someone in the White House who the average person cannot in any way venerate or respect, but regard as a clown, whether he's a Republican or Democrat, is a very healthy thing. And I do think they're miserable because you see them because they had this vision. We're going to purge the earth of Trump. We're going to have our final victory. This is going to be the second coming. We're going to have a congressional majority in both houses. Uh, Republicanism is dead. We can pretend it never happened. 50-50, when you have mansion and cinema, is not a governing majority in the Senate. And I think that's why you have things like them trying to pack the court, them trying to do executive actions. There's not a path for them through Congress. And for me, congressional stalemate, political stalemate, is the best that you could hope for in the near future. Okay, are we going to have it? Because I'm hearing things like uh, expanding the Supreme Court already, or is that just a, a little bone they're trying to toss to their radical base? They're having a commission. Can you Let's suppose this. Can you imagine if Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and Paul Ryan sat down in 2021 and said, we're going to have a commission to try to cut the budget. Would you expect anything to come of this? <laughs> no, seriously. You know what? That's I mean, a good it point. Like an, it sounds like an like The question is so – so if he was going – I think Joe Biden and conservatives need to give him credit for this – really does have an enormous amount of respect for uh, our traditions and our norms. He was there when the Emancipation Proclamation was delivered. <laughs> I mean this guy's seen it all. So I don't think it's going to be that easy. Uh, to convince him to pack the court. This is not in his DNA, in my opinion, and for everything he said and governed by. Get out of here, dude. Michael Vallis, you're the best, brother. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure, Jesse. Talk soon. Malice always brings it, man. Always brings it. All right, we have... It, you know, we're, that was a lot of cult talk. Let's go ahead and do Medal of Honor Monday next, where we honor one of our heroes. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day. And it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It is time for some Medal of Honor Monday. Every single Monday, we do the only good thing we do all week on this show. We read a Medal of Honor citation. We do this because these men deserve to be remembered. Their deeds deserve to be remembered. And if we don't read them, actually read them, then they're not remembered. It's, it's not enough that they exist. You know there are just piles and piles and piles and piles of these, right? I just pull one off the internet every week. And you know they're there. I know they're there. But we don't actually read them. Existing is not enough. We have to read them, honor them, try to be like them. Let's do it. This is in Korea, 1950. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving with the 3rd Battalion, 8th Cavalry Regiment, 1st Cavalry Division during combat operations against an armed enemy enemy at Unsan, Korea from November 1st to the 2nd, 1950. On November 1st, as Chinese Communist forces viciously attacked friendly elements, Chaplain Kapon calmly walked through the withering enemy fire in order to provide comfort and medical aid to his comrades and rescue friendly wounded from no man's land. Though the Americans successfully repelled the assault, they found themselves surrounded by the enemy. Facing annihilation, the able-bodied men were ordered to evacuate. However, Chaplain Capon, fully aware of his certain capture, elected to stay behind with the wounded. After the enemy succeeded in breaking through the defense in the early morning hours of November 2nd, Chaplain Capon continually made rounds as hand-to-hand combat ensued. As Chinese Communist forces approached the American position, Chaplain Capon noticed an injured Chinese officer among the wounded and convinced him to negotiate the safe surrender of the American forces. Shortly after his capture, Chaplain Capon, with complete disregard for his personal safety and unwavering resolve, bravely pushed aside an enemy soldier preparing to execute Sergeant First Class Herbert A. Miller. Not only did Chaplain Capon's gallantry save the life of Sergeant Miller, but also his unparalleled courage and leadership inspired all those present, including those who might have otherwise fled in panic, to remain and fight the enemy until captured. Chaplain Capon's extraordinary heroism and selflessness above and beyond the call of duty are in keeping with the highest traditions of military service and, recl- and reflect great credit upon himself, 3rd Battalion, 8th Cavalry Regiment, the 1st Cavalry Division, and the United States Army. May we all go and do likewise. That one was actually a listener request. I told you I read all the emails. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them all off for me. I read them all. Let's get to some of them. Dear Jesse, a few things for your consideration. Passing executive orders to prevent red state government agencies from enforcing vaccine passports is not enough in the slightest. Red state governors and legislatures should be passing new taxes of 95% on gross income of any company that requires these passports. If companies don't want to operate this way, they can vacate their buildings and fire sale their assets to companies who believe in freedom. I love it. Play offense. I love it. 
I think I think these kind of taxes should be passed on every one of those hundred corporations that's deciding how to fight against voter rights. Let's get it on. If we're going to get it on, let's get it on. Number two, he says, can you explain the sombrero reference? Because I am sombrero Jesse. For those of you who missed it, the sombrero reference was this. Billy the Kid. We did a show a while back on Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid, as he was a a young up-and-comer, starts to get involved with a local criminal who was kind of showing him the criminal ropes, and the criminal's name was Sombrero Jack, which has got to be one of the greatest nicknames ever. I decided it should be one of my nicknames, and so now, really it's supposed to only be on Cinco de Mayo, but it's called so kind of every day, I am Sombrero Jesse. What, Chris? I am currently moving to a red state because of you. For the first time, I heard your show on local radio while looking for homes in a red state area and was delighted. The sound of freedom. Thanks for all you do. Good for you, my brother. Good for you. Look, remember this. When I tell you to balkanize, move, get to a red area and make it redder, go, infiltrate your school board, and don't push for neutrality. Infiltrate your school board and push for your values on the kids. That's what they've done. That's how they won. Go run for town council. Go run for state legislature. Move to a neighborhood with people who think like you. The reason I say these things is, I mean, have you seen what's going on in Minneapolis? Have you seen the videos? For those of you who don't know, there was yeah, there was a, a officer shooting. I don't know the details. Uh, officer shooting. From all what I gather right now, they pulled over a gang member. The guy got out, got back in the car when they told him not to, and took off. Which I think be, I think it becomes a deadly weapon. Then I think if that's how, I think that's how that works. But took off. They shot him. Died a couple blocks later. Now, insane anarchy in Minneapolis. It's burning down again. What does that mean for you? Hang on, I'll explain. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. I told you it was going to be a good day today, did I not? We have new podcast reviews. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, 
including our beginning on Jim Jones and the Jonestown Massacre. The whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Look, it can be short and concise. This one says, greatness. It's a wonderful podcast. I enjoy it very much. Women love him. Men want to be him. Even lesbians are considering going straight when it comes to this man. See? Just simple and to the point. What, Chris? I didn't write it. I didn't write it. But, I mean, he's probably right. I mean, you know there's somebody out there who decides, you know, he's about enough to make me want to switch back to the other team. I can't look. It's human nature. All right. I have more emails, more podcast reviews. Black Lives Matter. Getting somebody rich out there. How about that? And I'll finish my ta- my thoughts on Minneapolis. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. mentioned Texas and that full ballpark in Arlington yesterday. There was a lot of concern last month when Texas effectively opened up, dropped all those restrictions and said it's back to life. And if you go to Texas, as you know, it looks like 2019. The restaurants and the bars are full and open. The ballparks are full. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? Yeah, you know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've they've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games. I'm not really quite sure. It could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one-on-one compare that. You just have to see in the long range. I hope they continue. No, it's not difficult to understand. It's not difficult at all. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'll get back to Minneapolis in a second. It's not difficult at all. It's actually quite simple. You want to say it's difficult, Dr. Fauci, because you're wrong and you know you're wrong and you have way too much pride to ever admit that you're wrong. The answer is quite simple. Everyone knows it. If lockdowns, masks, and social distancing were what prevents the spread of coronavirus, then people should be dying in droves in Texas and Florida. They're not because every single thing the system told you about coronavirus was either a lie or just flat out wrong. It's not complicated, Dr. Fauci. You've been wrong about everything from the beginning. Frankly, 
You should retire in disgrace and lose your medical license with the damage you've done to this nation. Not, not even close to exaggerating. I, do, I, I get this from my sons all the time. The truth is often the simple part. Who, who, who knocked over this glass and didn't clean up the milk you spilled? One kid. I didn't. Other kid. Well, you have to, I woke up a little late and that I already know. That's okay. That's the guy. That's the guy. The truth is very simple. It's, oh, I'd say you wouldn't understand. Get serious. All right. Back to Minneapolis here real quick before I get back to everything. When I'm telling you to move, we got an email from somebody says I inspired him to move. He's moving so on and so forth. Minneapolis right now, Minneapolis already was trending downward hard. Then the whole George Floyd thing happened. Then they torched that place. Then they defunded the police. Then murders and carjackings went through the roof, so they started trying to refund the police. Now there's another police shooting of a gang member. He's dead. They are burning the place to the ground again. Oh, but wait, there's more. This is all taking place prior to the verdict of the George Floyd Derek Chauvin trial. So no matter what, no matter how that trial goes, they're going to riot again. I get these emails all the time, and I get where people are coming from. I'm not even telling you you're wrong. Of people that say, "No, we have to, we can't surrender. To, uh, uh, to, we have to stay, and, and, and we have to fight." You have to know when the battle is lost. The battle for Minneapolis is lost. The battle for Seattle is lost. Portland, it's lost. Chicago, it's lost. D.C., it's lost. They're not salvageable. And all the people who voted for all the scumbags who run those cities, they're all going to run right down to the polls and vote for all of them again the next time. And, yeah, you look, you can stay and fight. Make your fight. That's fine if that's what you want to do. I, I, have, my, I have my obligations of my life ordered And I'll be frank with you, and I realize this hurts to hear, my kids are even above my country. My country's way up there. My kids are above my country. I'm not living, working, and worshiping around animals so I can feel like I'm fighting for my country. Nope. I'm going to fight as hard as I can while also having some kind of quality of life I enjoy. I couldn't imagine living in some of these urban dumps. You know what it's like even uh, in Houston? I'm in the Houston area, and obviously I work downtown. But you, you know what it's like here? You know, you walk around, and I'm, I'm armed at all times, but you walk around, and you're stepping over needles here. You are routinely, um, what is, what's the best way I can say this on radio, stepping over and hopefully not stepping in human waste all over the place. There, there are parts of this town where the cops will only go in groups especially at nighttime, I'm supposed to what? Move my family into that because of of what? Because I think that I'm going to be able to help it? I'm out on that. I'm out on that. I do love it, though. I do love how people think something has changed when it comes to communism. What do I tell you about America's communists? You're already saying it. America's communists are no different than communists have always been. Headline from the New York's Post. Inside Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Kahn-Cooler's 
million-dollar real estate buying binge. This is a lady. She's a self-proclaimed Marxist, by the way, buys a multi-multi-million-dollar home, and there's all this outrage about it all over social media and whatnot. Oh, I can't believe this. Why is there outrage? Have have you ever seen a picture of, of Mao Zedong? Did he look like he missed very many meals? Did Stalin look like he was withering away? Pol Pot? I think Pol Pot gained 75 pounds in his time in power. These people don't miss any meals. They'll murder all of you. They'll starve all of you to death, send you off to the death camps and whatnot. There's always a ruler in communism. Always. It's the nature of man. Why are people surprised? And people, they take this... They take the labeling from today, and, and, and it prevents them from criticizing these people. Black Lives Matter through an outstanding name on just another Marxist organization. All these modern air fingers, quote, civil rights groups are just communist front groups. All the modern-day feminist groups are, environmental groups are, LGBTQ Air Force groups are. They're all, they're all just communist front groups, all of them. All of them. Except that. I realize, and look, I want you to understand, Black Lives Matter, obviously, you can write me and say they're a racist organization. Well, obviously they are. I'm not saying they're not. It's a black supremacist organization. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that or saying they're not. But at its heart, it's just communism. And, and all these race organizations, the, Black Lives Matter is no different, and I mean none, than the Ku Klux Klan. They're the same thing. They all take the same form. It's a bunch of charlatans that lead a bunch of dollars uh, in a cause that's a bunch of crap. It's, it's, it's no different. They're, they're the same group. All skin color supremacist groups are identical. A, a group of dollars led by a charlatan at the top who's going to get rich and famous off it every time. And they always have all these guys. You see LeBron James out there. Oh, we're just fighting oppression in America with his billion dollars. Oh, shut up, you idiot. It's no different than the KKK guy back in the 50s or 60s. Uh, we're going we're gonna to defend white people. It's no, they're the same group. They're all the same group. Gosh. Ooh, another podcast review, Chris. You aren't crazy. Upon listening to my first few episodes of the Jesse Kelly Show, I begin to wonder if I had lost my mind. Jesse says things that have been bouncing around in my head for what feels like my entire life but he puts the thoughts into words with an eloquence that would make Shakespeare consider a different career path. But upon careful examination and thought, my mind could never painted the picture of an earthly being that exudes handsomeness the way the Shogun does. So no, you aren't going insane like I thought I was. This Adonis is the real deal, and he tells it like it is. That's one of our smartest listeners right there, Chris. All right, more on Fauci. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. You know the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? You know it uses sonic technology that produces, I'm not making this up, super oxygen that purifies your air the same way nature does after a thunderstorm. That's what I tell people. Uh, it doesn't 
It doesn't cover up odors. It doesn't cover them up. It eliminates them, and you can actually taste the difference in your air. At least I can. No more allergies. I don't have allergies anymore. I don't wake up with allergies at all now. It kills and prevents the spreading of mold, fungus, and mildew anywhere in your home. It destroys deadly viruses and bacteria. It is that incredible. And there's no filter to replace ever. It's small. It's compact. It's quiet. Go get one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Don't forget to use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. questions about the Supreme Court yep. uh, action today. President Biden once said in 1983 he thought court packing Whoa, was time a, back machine. Oh yeah. Uh, he said he thought that court packing was a bonehead idea when FDR tried it. So why ask a panel now to go and see if it is a good idea? Well, first, he's uh, the panel is being asked to do a number of take a number of steps, including the pros and cons on exactly that issue. But they will also be looking at the court's role in the constitutional system, the length of service and turnover of justice on the court. Oh yeah, they're just taking a look at it. No, it's nothing to be worried about. Just taking a look at it, Chris. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, by the way. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Speaking of monkeys, Chris. India arrests two men who used monkeys to steal cash from unsuspecting victims. I swear we didn't plan this, but if you missed the beginning of the show, you can go back and catch the whole podcast after. We were doing a show on Jim Jones, that cult in the Jonestown Massacre. At one point in his youth, he went door to door selling monkeys. And now we have this story about guys using monkeys to steal cash. How much can you train a monkey? Could I, and I'm not saying I'm going to, just put this out there. Could I train a monkey to go grab me a beer? If you can go steal, if you if you can train a monkey to go steal, surely you can have him go grab me a beer, right? Give me a beer and some chips, little monkey. I don't, I don't know what I'd name it, I'd, so I just came up with Little Monkey right there on the fly. That's what you do when you're in professional radio. We have another podcast review, Chris. Why am I just now discovering this podcast? This guy is great. I really like the history segments and that he's always yelling at Chris. Hilarious. I, too, have a pet peeve about manners. Comforting to know conservatives are not alone. Thank you for speaking up for us, Jesse Kelly. You are welcome. Email, Dear Offensive Oracle. I cannot believe how much crap you are getting for buying a shed. I can't stop laughing about how upset people are. You kill me. Love the show. In case you missed it, here's what happened. And this is what it's one of the best moments ever. I, as you know, I'm a, uh, what's Michael Berry call me? A disassociated narcissistic sociopath, which is a long way to saying I'm just, I'm just a sociopath. It's just a long way to say it. And because of that, I have the ability to do something, even something that makes me look bad on purpose, just to watch people work themselves into a frenzy over it. And I can sit back and I get mildly amused about it, right? 
We used to have these. We used to have this thing in the Marine Corps. You've never been this bored in your life, and unless you've ever done something like this, where you'd be stuck in the desert or whatnot, and we would have ant wars, where we would pick the biggest ants we could find, and we would have tournaments. We'd dig a wee little hole in the ground, and we'd put them in there and have them fight to the death. And we'd see we'd have ant, ant tournaments. I, I, I understand it doesn't sound that exciting now. Okay, there was nothing else to do. We were having ant tournaments, but we had ant tournaments. And so when I do something like what I did over the weekend, I want you to know I look at it like I used to look at the ant tournaments. Just throw something out there and watch the ants fight. We had uh, we we had a couple things in our backyard we wanted put up, just little like toys and things like that we didn't want uh, sitting around. So I just went and grabbed one of those uh, prefabricated plastic sheds from the hardware store. One of the ones you go home and it it's it's it was seriously I think. Let me see. One, two, three. It was six pieces. Six pieces in total. I'm not making that up. And you just little, take a little rubber mallet and pop the pieces in together, and, and, and it's done. So I, I do this shed, and when I'm done, I think to myself, oh, it would be really funny to try to needle everybody with this. And I take a picture of it. I take a picture of this plastic shed, and I oh, – let me see. I want to make sure I get this right and say exactly what I said. I won't have to look far for something on this here. Take a picture of this plastic shed. I think it took me 10 minutes maybe, ten, probably 10 minutes. And I say I can't I – I put a picture up of the plastic shed, and I say I can't believe there are men out there who don't know how to work with their hands. I woke up and built a shed for the backyard. The internet – got set on fire over the whole thing. And when I say set on fire, I'll put it to you this way. They have this thing where you can you can uh, check out the impressions on a, on a tweet. Like you can see if you put something up, you can see how many people have actually seen it, which is amazing to me. Technology really is incredible. Do you know how many people have seen this thing by now? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, there are over 4,000 responses to it already. Over 4,000 responses to it already. The impressions, over 5 million. 5.5 million people have seen this as the internet. Now, granted, most people who get me, everybody listening to my voice would have got that I was just poking fun at myself. But the people absolutely trying to dunk on it and shred on it is hysterical. And let me give you some advice. You have a sense of humor. I know you have a sense of humor because you listen to my show. It's not that I gave you one. It's that uh, Michael Berry taught me this a long time ago. Uh, I've only been doing this a few years, but he's uh, he's my mentor in this business. This is the reason I am sitting here. And he said, don't worry about ever changing who you are. Your audience will change, and eventually you will have listeners who simply are like you. Your audience will be a mirror of you because that's what they enjoy. Therefore, every person listening to my voice, every single one of them, has a sense of humor. It's undoubtable. You just you do. And people with a sense of humor can get frustrated by people who don't have one. Very, very frustrated by people they don't have. You know, how do you not get the joke? What's wrong? Are you an idiot? Let me caution you. I don't want you to be like me because I'm a bad person. But if you can take one lesson away from me, be a little bit of a sociopath when it comes to that. The people who don't get the joke are just as entertaining as the people who do get the joke. You should take 
a certain amount of joy in watching just a joyless, miserable person completely miss the point, get angry about it, lash out, that should give you at least a small amount of pleasure. I'm not saying you have to poke them in the ribs, but man, all these people raging about it. Oh, he's not even a real man. All you did was snap together a shed. This isn't a shed. You're a scumbag. And of course, all the leftists jumped on it. This is what conservative men think manhood is. Look at this idiot. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. That's not bad. That's good. That's fun, man. We got to have fun. Dear Swordmaster Kelly. Is there any, what, Chris, we're going to get a katana for the studio and you're going to come in and I'll be practicing. Is there any way a country can survive being prosperous? America, much like Rome, is falling because we are a bunch of entitled brats. Is it possible for a country to create meaningful suffering to the point that it will prevent this decay? Uh, prevent this decay, easy for me to say. If so, how do we go about doing this? I'm supposed to get on here right now and say something like, oh, yeah, it's possible. But historically, when has it been done? I mean, the, the empires last different lengths of time, but eventually you can make the argument it was prosperity that got them all. In the end, it was prosperity that got them all. It's just. Look, when you're poor, it's easy to want to suffer some some, and to work hard and acquire a new skill. What if you're not poor? What if, what if you make $10 million a year? What's your motivation to go suffer? We'll expand on this after our next guest who may be controversial. I'm excited to talk to Sonny Johnson coming up next. Hang on. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself. I didn't. Now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Well, I can't decide if I'm right about the balkanized getting out of these horrible leftist-run places and getting to the burbs, or 
if other people writing in and saying, no, we have to we have to stay and fight. Are they right? I've, I mean, I feel like I have an obligation to do what's best for my family first. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is the host of Sonny's Corner on Sirius XM Patriot, Sonny Johnson. Sonny, who's right? I say if you're staying in some leftist-run place that is going downhill fast and everyone knows what those ones are, that you should pack up and leave and leave it leave it there for them. It doesn't mean you don't care about the place, but if it can't be saved, why not look out for you and yours first? Well, that's exactly how we got here. When these uh, progressive laws start, first started getting on the books through legislation, through regulation, and through taxation, instead of actually stopping, um, staying and fighting and stopping it at its inception, a lot of conservatives and Republicans did sleep. And that's how they were able to get their claws in, because the black people that were there that were actually conservative and had conservative values, at that point, we weren't big enough to make the amount of noise necessary to fight what will become democratic machines in most of these cities. So that flight has already kind of taken place. And now the thing that's happening is even more destruction in these communities, pushing more people out so that gentrification can come in. So at this point, it's not even really a question of whether or not the people there should leave. The ones who could already have. The ones that left can't. So they are going to be forced out by government policy of even more regulation, taxation, and legislation. And that vicious cycle is just going to continue until it rots every corner of America. Sonny, how do we stop it then? Because I don't disagree with a single word you just said. I, obviously, that's, that, that's where we are now. Where we are now, though, I don't view some of these places as being salvageable. But is that wrong? Is that morally wrong? Is it factually wrong? I think it's, I think I would say it is factually wrong. Right now, you have a generation of black Americans that is focused on wealth creation. But because those voices are not the ones that are being pushed up and highlighted, it's like most of white uh, conservative and um, Republican circles do not understand that that capitalistic manifestation is actually happening. So, if you were to actually go there and connect with the capitalists that are already there, that are constantly getting beat down by more regulation, that are constantly getting beat down by more taxation, if you were to go there and actually partner with the people that are already capitalistic there, that are already thinking in terms of growth, that are already thinking in terms of rebuilding and growing and actually build sustainable partnerships, then you're going to have the kind of majorities in these areas to really affect change. But you can't just say that it's no use in doing it when that approach that is supposed to be at the crux of what we call conservatism has never actually been tried. So you're talking about areas that have been under a progressive boot for 100 years. So I will ask that question in reverse. Can conservatism beat progressivism? Do you believe in the ideology that much that you are willing to put those ideas up against progressivism? And if you believe in that ideology and you think it is superior, then you should not think that this is a fight we cannot win. Well, what if I say to your question, the answer is no. Well, I think I think conservatism is obviously much superior to, to progressivism for all the reasons that I'm sure you would agree with me on. 
But I think the all the proof is in the pudding. Uh, they were a tiny minority. The cultural Marxists in this country were a tiny minority a hundred years ago, and now they run every single cultural institution. What did conservatism conserve? They can, it conserved nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm not going to argue against that in the least because I think a lot of the people who call themselves conservatives today are just really stated. They don't mind an ever-growing and enlarging government if they think that they can have some kind of control over the process of that government. So you don't have kind of what I would look at as that Frederick Douglass style, that Booker T. Washington style, that Carter Woodson style of conservatism. And so that is the frame in which I am talking about conservatism, not this new product that they put out that has no actual definition or connection to policy or context to history. Sonny, on a, on a macro level, did we get too rich and fat and bored? Is that why we're losing what we're losing here? Is that why we're not strong enough to fight it? Is that what happened to us? Just the same thing that happens to every other empire when they get too big? We're not rich. And maybe what happened to us is we started thinking we were. And started realize instead of realizing how much we were borrowing, instead of how much Ugh. we were putting on future credit cards, about how much of uh, liabilities we were promising American citizens that will never come to fruition, about how much we would give to um, illegal immigrants that come in, and we think now all of a sudden owe them something. Every single policy that has been put on onto our books never taken off, but then another policy put on top in the form of regulation. All of those things on top of each other has completely eaten down what you would look at as American wealth. And then if you also take into account how they pushed us into globalization, so we're no longer looking mm-hmm. at our republic like the basis of where our wealth and our power and our kind of influence come from. We're not looking at it in the idea of the republic, in the idea of localized government. They even have a lot on the right looking at it in a globalistic fashion. So like all of those things, I am realistic about what we are facing. But I think even if you look at what is happening and the pushback that is happening right now, a lot of that pushback, especially in these urban areas, is against this form of progressivism. That is what they are protesting against. I don't care if the left says racism. I don't care what they do to push their narrative. What is actually being protested on the ground in these areas is progressivism. It is the boot that will not allow black America to have full access to capitalism and let us grow and function like every other portion of America. And that is the thing that we need to give as an option and a choice to black America. Okay, so what does that look like in actual practical form, though? Does that look like moving in? Does it look like financially backing candidates running for office? I had on uh, Joe Collins. He's running against Maxine Waters. I've had him on a couple times, and I just let him rant about it. He says the National Republican Party won't back him. He's in there in a neighborhood that Republicans have never been in making inroads, and he can't get any money. He went and raised like $2 million himself, but he can't get any money. Is that what it means, money? Well, let's not even talking about before we even get to a political candidate, right? Mm -hmm. How about Republicans stop defending Democrats when we attack them? 
So when we are saying that there is systemic racism in America, the first people we have to fight with is Republicans. Well, what kind of system do we have in America? Again, we have a republic. That means that the local government closest to you has the most amount of power over you. If black people are saying that local government closest to me that has the most power over me is systemically racist and there are no Republicans there, why are the why are Republicans the loudest ones saying it doesn't it doesn't exist? Why is it that we constantly have to come through Republicans who are guarding these Democrats and their malfeasance to even broach this subject? So before you even get into sponsoring a candidate or talking about money, can we have a debate on the ideas? Can we have a debate on these sales talking points? Can we have a debate on these stereotypes that brand us as plantation dwellers who cannot think for ourselves? Because I think if that debate were to actually take place, you will understand that a lot about what we are talking about is not how you add more. It's how you take away. Thank How you, Sonny. How do you get the boot off of, these, off of their neck? I am sorry, Sonny. I am up against the break. That was awesome. Sonny Johnson, thank you for joining us. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Jake's Mint Chew, it's what you should get that friend or family member who's trying to quit dipping. And I I mean that. And look, I understand what it's like. I dipped forever. And people who love you, maybe, maybe it's wife, girlfriend, kids, whoever, friend, they want you to quit, understandably. So they do what, what people do. It's human nature to say things like, you need to quit. Why don't you quit? I know where your heart's at. I know it's in the right place, but allow me to make a suggestion. Instead of presenting that person with a problem, present them with a solution. Get them some Jake's Mint Chew and see what they think. Uh, may I highly recommend the Jake's Mint Chew CBD pouches? They have four different flavors of, uh, flavors of those, and it really, really takes the edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Dr. Fauci out there telling people, even if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't eat inside a restaurant. So I'm looking at this headline. Nearly 40% of Marines have declined COVID-19 vaccine. Obviously, by far the most, uh, the highest percentage of any of the services. And I saw the headline this weekend and I, I just kind of smirked and I show up and I've got 10 emails asking me about it. Why the Marines? Why the Marines? Can you explain this? Why the Marines? Let me explain. And let me explain in a way that is as offensive as humanly possible. You 
join the Marines on purpose. Here's what I mean by that. I realize you don't accidentally join any of the other services. But if you want to serve in the military, you do join the Navy or the Army or the Air Force or, or, or the Coast Guard. I, I mean, as much as you consider Coast Guard military and whatnot. But you do. You join those other services. And obviously, we obviously jab at each other in friendly rivalries and whatnot. There's not a single solitary reason to join the United States Marines unless you want something more than military service. The gear is crappy. The bases are crappy. The training is extra hard. There's not a single appealing thing about the boot camp is longer than, than all the others. If you're in and you've gone through Marine Corps boot camp, you can go to any other service. They don't even make you go through boot camp. They just hand you a uniform. Yeah, come on in. Everything sucks. It's terrible on purpose. So when you join the Marines, you do it on purpose. And I remember our drill instructor told us one time who we were actually having this discussion. And he said, look, and I found this to be very much true. You're going to have, because of what I just described to you, you're going to have in general a more rebellious spirit in the Marine Corps. You're going to have guys who get in more fights, get in more trouble, make more stupid financial decisions, make more bad decisions when it comes to women. Oh, gosh, the decisions I've seen Marines make when it comes to women. You just, it's, it's, it's human nature. Why is it that way? Well, there, the, look, the, the service itself was started in a bar. It started in Tun's Tavern. It started in a bar. And it's, it's. It's just a different man. They're not even their own service. It's a branch of the Navy. The funding sucks. I was in Iraq. I was in Iraq with an M16 from Vietnam. I had one of my buddies, an M16, for those of you unfamiliar with weapons, it has two different parts, an upper receiver and a lower receiver. There are more parts inside, but the two big parts are upper and lower receiver. One of my buddies had his duct taped together. I'm not making that up. It's... There's no reason to sign up for that unless you want something different. We were a frontline infantry unit, United States Marine Corps, right? We, we charged through Iraq, and we're doing all these things. And eventually, we were in some city, and we were going to get relieved by some Army National Guard guys. With, with all due respect, these are not even full-time troops. Army National Guard guys. And I just told you about the weapons we had, M16s and whatnot. The Army National Guard guys, the, the one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year guys, they show up, almost all of them overweight, you know, because this was before the National Guard was putting in major time. It was just they were normal, mostly mostly civilians, but they show up custom, I mean, the, the most sweet gear you can possibly imagine. The, the most sweet gear you can possibly imagine. We hated them instantly. We're like, you scumbags, give me that. That's mine now. <laughs> that mentality just leads to a more rebellious nature. That mentality is going to be less trusting. The Marines are by far and away the most Republican branch. They, 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 they do surveys and see how people vote. By a mile, the most Republican branch. It's going to be more rebellious. It just is. That's the way it is now. You have uh, Pete Buttigieg. Chris, you have that Pete Buttigieg clip talking about infrastructure. I love they're trying to pass this multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill, and they just keep adding things to it that have nothing to do with it. 
And so since Democrats just they're always on one message, they keep on saying things like oh, infrastructure. I mean, really, everything's infrastructure. Give you another fact check. Uh, all of you in the Biden administration have been selling this plan as a huge jobs creator. Here you are just last Sunday. The American Jobs Plan is about a generational investment. It's going to create 19 million jobs. And we're talking about economic growth that's going to go on for years and years. But it turns out the study you're citing from Moody's Analytics says the economy will add 16.3 million jobs without the infrastructure bill and 2.7 million more with it. So it doesn't, as you said last Sunday, create 19 million jobs. Again, Secretary Buttigieg, why mislead folks? Well, you're right, I should have been more precise. The 19 million jobs that'll be created are more than the jobs that'll be created if we don't do the plan. And it's very important to make this point. As right, you just two million, showed us, two million uh, more, Moody's not, is not saying that we million. will create 2.7 million. Yeah, exactly. It'll create 2.7 million more uh, uh, jobs than if we don't do it. And that's very important because there are people. On this oh, yeah. Every, you see, they, they never miss a beat, do they? Oh, it's, well, it's two million, it's three, it's four million, and then there's never any tracking on this. Obama used to do this all the time. We're going to save or create this many jobs. <laughs> Gosh. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. And there are still some headlines I didn't get to on the Jesse Kelly Show. Allow me to wrap this up and put a bow on it. Headline, foxnews.com. Kamala Harris has gone 19 days without a news conference since she's been tapped for border crisis rule. Well, I mean, tap Kamala Harris a lot. Headline, Iowa governor says she won't take in migrant children. This is not our problem. This is the president's problem. Good for her. Headline, Florida reports fewer coronavirus cases per capita than New York, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. That's because every single thing the experts told you about coronavirus is wrong and outright lie. We destroyed Western society for no reason whatsoever. Headline, Boston doctors call for racially discriminating against patients in order to promote social justice. Systemic racism indeed. Eesh. All right. Keep your chin up out there. Remember, you can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I will read them all. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to have a blast. That's all. <laughs>
The Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.